Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. In honor of Black History Month and its coinciding Valentine's Day, I am dedicating all of the listener questions to Black love for the month of February. If you are Black, send me your questions about love. But when I say love, I'm talking about all kinds of love, self-love, the love of art or work, uh, familial love, and of course, also romantic love. Just make sure to use the hashtag Black love in your question. You can go ahead and send your questions to me via the contact form on my website at ghostofapodcast.com. And don't forget to use the hashtag black love with your question. Strip Suri, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jessica. <laughs> it is so wonderful to have you here. You tell me what you would like a reading about today. Thank you so much for having me. I love, love, love your work and this podcast, and I'm so gassed to be here. Um, and it's just really, yeah, it's really nice to to get to speak to you. So yeah, I have been in like conflictville, mm-hmm. um, mainly at work. Most recently, myself and some colleagues called out a major newspaper about racism, and the blowback has been pretty intense from that. And it's sad because it's like not a new thing for me mm. to say, hey, this is racist or hey, this is ableist. And then to find myself like isolated or undermined or excluded and then like out of the job. And I think that general sense of conflict has carried over into other areas of my life. So I guess the question is like, who am I in conflict? Am I using my energy wisely? Mm. And what does this mean for like, I guess the balance between me looking after myself, especially in situations that are unfair and having good relationships with other people and a good career. Mm. Sorry, that's a very... No, it's it's, it's really big and, and it makes perfect sense with your where your chart's at right now. So mm-hmm. I will get there in one second. But let me just get a little more context. When you like, ex- you said exposed a paper, right? Like a publication. Mm. Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm. that related to your work or did you do that separate from your work? It was related to the work. It was a project on nothing legacies about racism. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, I experienced racism on the project. Okay. And so when you say you're getting blowback, is it from your bosses or colleagues or is it from like the internet? Is it from the people that you told on like or all of it? All of the above. We um, try to talk to our colleagues about it in the, in the process of the project. Um, and it's, you know, that kind of creeping thing that any other person has to handle you start being undermined there's like nitpicking it escalates and this escalated so much that we had to have a mediation process yeah. that with was people in your work like with your colleagues yeah. oh. with our colleagues um and by that point it was really bad we wrote a formal letter of complaint like a collective letter nothing happened we we hoped that things would change then we get like an email like three weeks after the mediation telling us effectively that our contracts were done, hand over your work, um, your email address is going to be closed, goodbye. Um, I'm so sorry. And thank you. So yeah, then we let people in our industry know about it because I think all of us have experienced this before where, you know, you get punished essentially for saying this is wrong. 
and then yeah like the right-wing press got hold of the story so they've been writing about it they're still trying to find us to write more about it and yeah I think I'm just at the point now where like over the last like eight-ish years I've been in this situation so many times and I think particularly in the industry that I work in it's just been like a consistent pattern and I'm not really sure if this is the right place for me and and like what is worth sticking in in a fight for Mm. basically and you're in the media we're keeping this vague for your safety but yeah yeah, you're in the media Mm -hmm. okay so there's there's layers the first Mm -hmm. one that I want to acknowledge is the collective systemic layer which Mm -hmm. is in some ways going to show up in your birth chart but in a lot of ways not because Mm. it's the ecosystem that we live in that you live in and so it's not exclusive and personal to you and I I really want to acknowledge that because Mm. you know I think we get into trouble with spirituality and astrology when it's all about individualism it's not just about how you handled it or what happened it's about the racist fucked up capitalistic system we live in that said, mm-hmm. you you were born, so we're keeping your birth information private. I will acknowledge that you were born, uh, you're, you're one of the millennials born with that Uranus, Neptune, Saturn conjunction in Capricorn. And mm-hmm. in your birth chart, it's intercepted in the first house. And so there is this way that you learned in infancy what it would cost you to stand in your power. So you had a parent or maybe both parents, who did take responsibility and stand up and embody their truth or what they felt to be right and and moralistic, and it cost them a great deal. This makes sense, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what we're talking about is the ways in which that happens for you as well. Sorry. No, it's. I'm sorry. And let me know if you want me to slow down. or. Yeah. Are you sure? I um, I still don't know how to talk about that part of my mm-hmm. biography and don't feel full ownership over it. Mm. So <laughs> I've noticed that if anyone even mentions it, <laughs> I, I still well up, even though it happened a very long time ago. You know, your origin story never stops being your origin. And mm-hmm. it, I don't think it ever gets unemotional and less personal. I'll also mm-hmm. say, because these planets are intercepted, mm-hmm. this not having ownership over it piece is by design. You were very emphatically told by your parents' behavior and probably their words to not take ownership over this part of your biography, as you framed it, mm-hmm. because it would further make things difficult for you. So to pretend that it didn't happen is not exactly what you were raised to do, but to like, kind of like tough it out, suck Mm -hmm. it up and soldier Mm -hmm. on. That Mm -hmm. is what you were told emphatically to do. Mm -hmm. And the fucking terrible news here is that this part of your nature is being triggered at this time. 
So yay. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, everybody's jealous. Super, it's glamorous. Clearly, clearly. So what's happening before we even get into the specifics is you are in your Christ year, which is your 33rd year, which is to say Mm -hmm. it is the integration of your Saturn return. And again, Saturn is one of the planets responsible for this shit. And then Mm -hmm. you're also going through another transit Pluto opposition to Mars, which we're going to talk about in detail in a moment, but Mm -hmm. it is also intercepted in your seventh house. And so all of these parts of you that you have actively spent your whole life this far being like, yeah, I can be big, but there will be consequences if I'm too big. I can take a stand, Mm -hmm. but there will be consequences if I take too much of a stand. And is it even my right? Do I even have a right to do these things? Like, should I back off? This part of you is being kind of dragged into embodiment, dragged into conscious engagement, which would be hard at any age. But you're Mm -hmm. at this particular age where you're old enough and you're mature enough to be able to like own this matters to me. This is like not just about what I've inherited and it's not just about the world. It's about like my life and how I want to live my life, like what's right for me. Whereas Mm -hmm. I feel like so much in our 20s is like, you know, racing to catch up. But post and return, it shifts. So I want to say separate from everything else that we talk about, that it is wise. And do you have a shrink, a therapist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay great okay good so it is i'll be seeing her tomorrow <laughs> thank you i think it is really important for you to be talking about that part of your childhood as tempting as it would be to run through the details of like what's happening this week and you know what do you need to do for next week yeah you can talk about that all day long and it doesn't seem to like scratch the itch that it is in your heart it's Oof. acknowledging yeah this stuff you're like core issues that will empower you to see what you've been doing and make choices based on your life not on your inheritances but based on your nature what you want for yourself and the situations you find yourself in here and now i will be frank that this is incredibly challenging work i'm sorry but it is it is the time and it is worth it because intercepted planets mm-hmm. in your early 30s are very hard to have ownership of mm-hmm. intercepted planets are very hard to have ownership of in your 70s like it's not just that but it's like you're so young that you haven't yet had the chance to have enough experiences that are conscious with those intercepted mm-hmm. planets um mm-hmm. and so even though what we're talking about is related to a pattern you're like i have been here before I know I've been in jobs where this shit has happened before. Mm -hmm. It's as you named, it's like, it's hard to have full ownership of those experiences. Somehow it feels like they're not completely you. And Mm -hmm. it's part of why I'm so focused on interceptions in astrology is because they are psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, very hard to wrap your head around. Mm -hmm. Now, fucking Pluto opposite Mars. Okay, so (laughs) bear with me. So this thing started February 28th of 2021. Okay, Mm -hmm. Um, it's a once in a lifetime transit doesn't happen to everyone. And when it happens, you will not miss it. It is that Mm -hmm. kind of transit. It will be Mm -hmm. over December 21st of this year, 2023. So 
Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. A good, good attitude. You have less than a year of it left. You've been going through it for a year. Now, Pluto opposite Mars brings up conflict. It brings up. Yeah. I mean, it's like your your whole question is like. It, it, Don't know her. Yeah. Never, never heard of, Never heard her name. Never met her. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Pluto opposite Mars will often put you in a situation that doesn't feel safe where you have to make a decision around whether or not you're going to take a stand, fight or flee. And it tests your ego. Now, in your birth chart, you've got Mars and Cancer intercepted in the seventh house. So the way your ego is most comfortable is how can I take care of you? How can I take care of the situation? How, what needs support? What needs nurturance? I'm going to protect myself while I take care of you. That's your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so when you were in the middle of this project, you were probably driven by a sense of clarity. Like, of course, I have to take care of this because it's not just about me. I'm taking care of others. And then fucking Pluto opposition from your first house is like, and it all falls on you. And what are you going to do? And how are you going to take care of yourself? And it's Pluto. So it's like it's like getting sucker punched and then just punched in the stomach over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, winded. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what happens, but it doesn't ease is the problem. Like this transit doesn't mm-hmm. ease. And so what you are meant to learn is that you are not what you do. Your ego, your passions, your ambitions are a huge and important part of yourself, but they are not the only part of you that is mm-hmm. important. And oftentimes in this transit, we end up in a situation similar to what you're describing, where it's just like you have to take a stand. Like you have you have to take a stand one way or another. Fleeing is mm-hmm. taking a stand. Fighting is taking a stand. And it is really important that you believe in what you're doing. That's key: is that you believe in what you're doing. And from what you've mm-hmm. described, I'm not too worried about that. The other part is this transit can put you in danger. And mm-hmm. I mean, having lived in the world for a couple of years, I I know that you're talking about really dangerous people with dangerous ideology and dangerous motives. And so Mm. I do want to ask, have you been concerned about your physical safety? No, no, but I have been concerned about my livelihood. Okay. Is Is it your livelihood specific to this job or it's just like across the damn board? Kind of across the damn board now, like just before I emailed you. So I like, you know, there's people I work across multiple roles. And just before I emailed you, I found out that my contract at one of my other roles wasn't going to get renewed. Mm. And I've sort of been in this like impasse with this other employer. And, you know, I got diagnosed with ADHD um, like two years ago. And I said, well, let's do a workplace assessment so I can let you know about how this impacts my role got the assessment, read it, drew his conclusions, <clears throat> didn't read the recommendations in the way that I'd have hoped. And he was just like, okay, cool. This is long. Bye. Mm. And, you know, I, I think that there's a kind of tension there in that I think my relationship with him speaks a bit to what you're saying. There were things that I fundamentally didn't believe in mm-hmm. that I didn't participate in. And I think it caused tension between us alongside my performance, which kind of is a repeat issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I tend to like get into trouble, I make mistakes, I mess things up. That doesn't help in situations when you're trying to make an argument about morals. Okay. So 
I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you to say the name of the person you're referring to and the company or publication or whatever it is that you work for. Yeah. Um, so this newspaper is mm-hmm. and the other guy that <laughs> fired me effectively yesterday, his name is I wanted to go there because I wanted to develop my skills in this particular area. I think he had expectations that I was going to come and be his like black best friend. Oh. I was going to bring my contacts. I was going to come to all the meetings and teach about diversity and cry about all my problems with my health and my ADHD and racism. Oh. And I didn't want to do that. But I think that that resistance in me has been growing in lots of ways in my relationships with lots of people. I've often been that person where it's just like, oh, I need this thing. I know someone. Or I need this thing. I've got this book. Or teach me about teach me about this thing in the world. And it's often to my own detriment. And I think a lot of my role in relationships has been changing because mm-hmm. of that. My sense is that people see me and think, oh, you know, she's really like open and nice, easy ride, <laughs> take it all. Mm-hmm. And increasingly, I've just been like, I want some stuff for myself. And I don't like how this feels. And yeah. So there's a couple layers to this. The first one mm. I want to name is in your birth chart, you Gemini, mm-hmm. you, you have a sun <laughs> Jupiter conjunction in Gemini and it's on your descendant. So it's opposite mm. your ascendant. And what this means is you love uh, being a Yenta. You're like, let me give you a resource. Let me give you an idea. Let me carry your books. It's fun for you. You genuinely is, yeah. enjoy it. And yeah. when these transits that you're going through pass in a, couple of years um you are going to i'm sorry <laughs> i apologize did you notice how i muttered it because i did i did i did i saw the slow scratch yeah. of the head look at the floor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Saw, yeah so sorry um, okay it's okay, but, it's okay. yeah mm-hmm. when these transits pass i think you're still going to be like let me give you this idea let me connect you to this person let me help you create a vision because you mm. like being that person the problem is this thing that is genuine about you that you that you really enjoy and that people enjoy about you because this placement means people like you, that it is easy for you to make connections. Sorry, I want to fuck with your feeling that people don't like you because, listen, Uranus, <laughs> Neptune and Saturn in the first house in Capricorn, mm. you feel like people don't like you. You feel like you're coming across weird, but that's not how other people feel about you because you have a Sun-Jupiter conjunction on your descendant. People feel Mm. that maybe sometimes you're like this really gregarious person who's sometimes weird and shut down because of all that Capricorn stuff in the first, but you're very likable and thank you for naming that part of me that is just like i gotta go yeah oh yeah you shut you shut down you know and um this is like no don't apologize (laughs) i mean i don't know if you feel that this is part of the adhd diagnosis i mean the you know uranus neptune they are planets we look to for you know that complex or that diagnosis but to me mm-hmm. what it's really about is you hit a layer of overwhelm and mm-hmm. you feel awkward and you feel mm-hmm. like you don't belong and you don't know what to do and so you go into one of a few different behaviors as a way to like manage those feelings mm-hmm. but so you know i'm not a psychologist so i don't call that ADD ADD or whatever but i i will say that that doesn't change that people feel comfortable with you 
overall. That doesn't change that people are like, yeah, she's going to come in and make everything feel good. That is a part of your nature that on its own is fucking fantastic. But in the context of all of these things that we're talking about can actually work against you, especially Mm -hmm. if you are over relying on it, which of course you are. Who wouldn't over rely on people liking you and you being good at making connections? Like, I mean, who wouldn't? You know, that's a very high functioning part of your nature. It's a very successful part of your nature. But what's happening now is Pluto is opposing your Mars and Neptune is opposing your moon. When we go through oppositions, transit by opposition, they often get played out in one-on-one relationships. So it can be like my team against your team or me against you, right? And that's where we project out our issues. So the very broad strokes, Neptune opposite the moon is going to teach you emotional boundaries. Mm. And Pluto opposite Mars is going to teach you how to be in conflict. And the combo platter of the two is fucking boundaries in conflict. So, you know, ouch. And also... There's a larger reason for it, right? Because Mm. if you are a gregarious person who wants to help and help and help, if you don't have boundaries and you can't say, huh, somebody's just stepped on my toe, that hurt, I'm going to tell them to get off my fucking toe. If you don't have that capacity, then that Sun-Jupiter conjunction has you burn yourself out on being helpful, burn yourself out on being supportive. And then what happens? And then the rest of your chart kicks in and all that fucking like Capricorn stuff kicks in. We didn't even mm-hmm. talk about your Venus Chiron conjunction kicks in. And then mm-hmm. you're just like, I'm I am being treated poorly. Like I all of a sudden you realize you're being treated poorly and it's mm-hmm. unacceptable to you. Whereas there is a way that you somewhat consciously co-create those dynamics with people. Because it works for you or because you don't know how to have those boundaries. You get value out of that dynamic for a period. And then that period ends. And this is not about blaming you. It's about being able to identify how the hell this keeps on happening, right? Mm -hmm. In the ways that are individual to you so that Mm -hmm. you have more agency because there's certain things you can't fix in therapy, right? But this actually is something that you can work with. And while it's not happening in your love life and it doesn't sound like it's happening with your besties, I imagine that there's <gasps> elements of that, right? Okay. So it is happening. So it is happening. It's been like every month there's, I've lost so many friends or there's so many people I no longer feel like I want to be friends with. And I think sometimes there's a sense of like, after conflict, what do you do? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if I've forgiven you. I don't know if I want to talk to you. I don't know how to move past this. Or like if it's a relationship where there's always been an element of like, I can be mean to you. Mm. It's just like, how do I continue a love relationship with you? Say like with my family. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, you know? So let's talk about that. Your generation with that Neptune, Uranus, Saturn conjunction is, Mm -hmm. it's such a, it's such a difficult aspect to have been born with because it makes you feel like what is real? Like what is reality really? This idea of your ethics is incredibly important, but I called it an idea because you can kind of, in your own thinking, undermine it by questioning it and seeing a million other ways that it could go. And Mm -hmm. so, and this is like a generational thing. It's it's individual and specific to you, but it's not exclusive to you. Mm -hmm. Um, When 
this gets triggered. And in your birth chart, that conjunction of those three planets is opposite Venus, which is conjunct Chiron. And all this shit is fucking intercepted. So what happens is you start off with classic Capricorn cancer polarity vibes in your intimate relationships, because this is in the first and seventh houses. So mm -hmm. the classic vibes are I do for you, you do for me, and that is love. Mm -hmm. I respect you, you respect me, and that is love. And so maybe I do more and you nurture more, or I nurture more and you do more, but that's essentially the equation. Does that does mm. that resonate, make sense? Kind of, yeah, in, in, in some situations, yeah. I think at times maybe I, that, that first dynamic that you named of me enjoying that role and maybe mm -hmm. self-identifying with that role more than I realized, that kind of sun-Jupiter thingy. Yep. I think maybe I go into relationships being like, if I if I give these things, if I'm here for you in this way, if I listen more, if I give you what I would like to receive to myself, mm -hmm. I will get that from you at some point. Okay. And then it doesn't happen. But, but I think it takes me a minute to be like, whoa, you've actually been kind of all the time. Yeah. So, okay. So this is where, this is like nuance within astrology. Because in reality, like I'm telling you, like this aspect and that aspect, but really it's all you. So it, it's like, mm. you know, it's like we're pulling apart fibers in your jumper. I yeah. said jumper. I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I was pretending to be British. Um, okay. So here is where that like, I'm going to help you and it's going to be great. I'm going to feel good. You're going to feel good. Everything's going to be great. Sun Jupiter. I'm mm. going to model the behavior for you that I want you to have with me i'm going to show you how to take mm -mm. care of me that's that capricorn stuff mm -hmm. so the motive of that sun jupiter conjunction is uh not exclusively sun jupiter conjunction it's i know how to get my needs met it's it's showing you i'm modeling what it means to take care of a friend or to show up for a friend so this is kind of like how that shit plays out and that doesn't work for you period. So my guess is that your successful relationships, and by successful, I don't mean without conflict. I want to be emphatically clear. Conflict is a part of honest relationships. You mm. cannot be in, in an intimate relationship with somebody over the course of time and never have conflict with them because each and mm. every one of us has shit. And that's just life. The key is that both parties are not actively disrespecting the other unintentionally mm. or intentionally. And that there is humility and care, so care from the cancer stuff and humility from the Capricorn stuff, around mm -hmm. how you listen to the other when shit comes up. And in your family of origin, because of that Venus-Chiron conjunction in the seventh, intercepted in the seventh, that doesn't really work. In your family of origin, if you really are emo and tenderhearted about what you feel and what you need, unfortunately what can happen is that you get iced it looks like you just get iced and so the the punishment is to be isolated to not be nurtured to just be kind of like edged out does that make sense is that been your experience that, that, that is my experience yeah, yeah. i'm sorry mm -hmm. and i will say that that experience teaches you don't say what you feel don't say what you need unless you're dying because it's, it could cost you everything anyways so it's better to like soldier up figure out a way to figure this out on your own so mm -hmm. again this is where it comes from 
And with your family of origin, my sense is that your best move at this time is to adjust your expectations to be more realistic based on who they are. Because nobody's trying to heal and grow and evolve like you are in the family. And what that means is, is that what seems to you like a perfectly reasonable request would actually take a great deal of therapy and care and effort from them to change. And if you had more acceptance of like, this is who they are, it would be easier to assess what expectations you can have. And you may assess, if you were being really realistic, that the expectations are you can talk about the weather and you can like, I don't know, talk about a TV show or something, but probably really intimate content doesn't make a lot of sense at this time. I will say that this is not in any way a rejection of you. In your birth chart, what is exceptionally clear is that you are a loved child, mm-hmm. <laughs> that you are wanted and loved. It's the huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm going to stand by that. I'm going to stand by that. The way that they express love and care doesn't feel like love or care to you, but that doesn't mean it isn't love and care. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Your chart. You don't get a sun conjunction to Jupiter mm-hmm. from not being a wanted child. Mm-hmm. You don't get that from not being loved. Your chart screams that your parents love you. Do they want to change you? Do they want you to be less yourself? Sure. Okay. Yes. But to them, that doesn't mean I don't love you. It it just means normal. Um. Yeah. Me and my mom didn't talk for like half of last year because I think she's still in a place about me being a gay. <laughs> oh, being a gay. Being a gay. <laughs> Does she whisper it too? She uh she said it doesn't bear speaking about thinking about or and I can't remember the last lyric but I was like this could be a song yeah it could (laughs) I like that you called it a lyric that's very very good of you um (laughs) at the end of the day I don't know that you can talk to her about anything real honestly you know I mean I just I don't know that that's possible and if you weren't okay uh (laughs) sorry but I really enjoy saying that Um, uh, if you weren't a gay I honestly think she would have a lot of criticisms of whoever whatever man you chose to partner with yeah yeah she would Mm -hmm. this is just embarrassing because everyone can see it so the criticisms may be equal but the embarrassment wouldn't be equal because it can you know this is like everyone knows you're a gay by meeting your partner, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Also, you're not closeted, question mark. No. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I feel like I've got two different lives. I've got my life and then there's who I am when I go home mm-hmm. and I like disappear for those few hours that I'm with my family. Yeah. And that's not sustainable. And I want to just really name for you, this is so important what I'm going to say. Mm. There is a difference between disappearing, which is what you're doing now, And making a decision to have boundaries with your family, it might in some ways on the on a material plane, like if there was a drone in the room filming the whole thing, look identical for you to have a boundary Mm. versus disappearing. But the motivation Mm. within you and your feelings and thoughts, now that would be radically different. Mm -hmm. Right now you disappear because you don't actually consent to not showing up. You don't accept that your family It's not just your parents. It looks like it's your family. Do not share values with you. They immigrated here from somewhere else, right? My mother did, yeah. Yeah. 
it looks like the values that they have from their own cultural backgrounds and upbringing are just not not ever going to make sense to you. They're not going to resonate and vice versa. Yeah. On a personal level, that's heartbreaking. And I'm really mm. sorry. And on a spiritual level, there's freedom in that because it's not about you. It's about them. I would say the same thing to them if they came and got a reading for me. It's like the way you are is not a response to them, which is what they think. They think you're doing it to them, right? Mm -hmm. It's you being you. And expecting them to be the ones who like figure that out and honor it and respect it is unrealistic. It's unrealistic. If anyone's going to figure that out, it's going to be you. And you know what? You don't have to. But if you do want a relationship with them, it's about accepting who they are and who they aren't and making a decision about the value that you do get from having an ongoing relationship and only letting them in as much as you decide is safe and right for you. And this is, in a way, true with all these other topics we're talking about. Now, we're talking about something very, very deep around your family, and I want to stay with it. I want you to let me know in just one second if you have any kind of questions or things you want me to speak more to. But I want to acknowledge that I've kind of veered away from talking about career, which seems like a very pressing and current issue. So I want to come mm -hmm. back to that as well. But yeah. but before I like shift away, I want to ask you, like, yeah, is there anything with your family stuff that would be helpful for me to speak to? Uh, I guess what my relationship with my siblings could look like mm. your siblings look hard for you and you have three two i can't tell three three yeah. okay um so they're not all the same people right is it the youngest one that's the most open-minded or is it the, yes. the middle one it's okay it's the youngest it's one okay the youngest one. Mm. so i think that a relationship with that sibling is i don't think you really need advice about it no. You can have conversations. It's not completely easy, um, mm -hmm. but it's not what you're asking me about. It's the other two. And is that a, a girl and a boy? Uh, the youngest is a girl and the other two are boys. Okay. Okay. Is one of them gay as well? <laughs> not that they've told me, but I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. So you know which one I'm talking about. You know which one that feels like the gay the gay brother? Potentially. Okay. Potentially. Um, yeah. Say their first names. Both of my brothers. Mm -hmm. um, and... Okay, so it's the first one that has a gay vibe, yeah? Whoa. No? It would make a whole bag of sense. <laughs> but whoa, 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 what? Hey, Jessica, you're really saying things. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> Is that not the brother you thought? No, it's not who I was thinking about. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> I'm going to be quiet. I want to listen. No, 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 it's good. Um, so is that brother that I named the more conservative one? Huh? Right. I think he's hiding from himself. So <gasps> this is... What? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair like if i were to write the biopic of my family it would this would be a great like season five <laughs> okay great I'm, i mean i would watch it i would watch it um okay so therefore he is somewhat unreachable 
okay I didn't think it was for that reason okay Mm -hmm. when you're lying to yourself and someone walks in not lying to themselves they are offensive to you yeah damn I don't whoa (laughs) and does that give you a little more empathy for him I've always had empathy for him in a way because we have the same dad and he's the one who embodies that first thing that you said in my chat and so there's a kind of like shared experience that we have mm-hmm. and I I really understand that and I I get I get him it just doesn't make it easier Correct. to handle yeah. what he throws at me you know yeah I I do and I'm sorry and the advice I can give you is to accept that he is who he is and you don't know his reasons and you can't know his reasons and so figuring out a relationship where you're like oh that's him being him you know that's just him being him and not personalize it because he is a hot mess with this stuff the other brother i could see like maybe he's got more feminine characteristics but it feels more like he's like i don't even know if this is a word anymore but like more metrosexual not queer i don't get a sense that he's queer i get a Mm. sense that he's just a little more modern with his expression of his gender and you know mm-hmm. and all that yeah, kind of stuff yeah. he's yeah. a 50 50 this other brother he just feels like a guy you know like on his own would not be a huge problem it's on his own in context of your family where he's mm-hmm. more difficult to deal with because he always takes the path of least resistance or the path that gives him the most power ha huh. wow you really just wow if that was a flavor of ribena that would be him mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah so i will say that the maybe closeted gay doesn't even accept that he's gay, just to be clear, uh, brother, is the most dangerous one to you simply oh, because yeah. mm-hmm. he is, you are threatening to him. You are you are threatening to him. He finds offense where you're like, what? Because he's been like holding it in, holding it in, holding it in. Yeah. And he, he um, I'm very scared about his mental health because he like shakes yeah. and gets anxious. And there's a, I mean, he's there's gonna like snap. anxiety. It feels like he's going to snap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he's I think he's very gay, not like a little queer or bisexual. Like, I feel like he's very gay. Does he have girlfriends? Yeah. Poor, poor women. I mean, listen, a lot of gay people have straight relationships. That's not uncommon. You know, I think as hard as it is for you to be gay in your family, it would be harder for one of your brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know that he will ever come out. And listen, I could be wrong, but, you know. I don't think you are. I don't think I am either. We like to hold space for nobody knows. Like, we hold space for nobody knows. And, okay, so that's your siblings. Your brothers are your brothers, and they're brothers. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really focused on the parents. Because the siblings will all kind of fall fall in line. Nobody's taking a stand for you, though. That's... Let's just accept that. That's not happening. And it's for really obvious reasons. No one wants to get the attention you get. And in particular, now that you're going through these transits, for sure no one's going to want to get the attention you get because the Neptune opposition to the moon will often put you in demoralizing circumstances where you're like, what do I do? Like, I can't even do anything here. And the Pluto opposition to Mars makes you furious, really, really angry and embroiled in conflict. So that brings us right around to career. Ground me into what would be the most helpful thing for me to give you advice about, help you with, talk about, whatever. Yes, I'm just trying to figure out what am I here for? 
<laughs> Why am I here, Jessica? <laughs> mm. Is that all? I'm... It's an easy, easy answer. No problem. <laughs> Let's say you stay in your industry. You stay in some capacity in your industry, right? Mm. Hold on for just a moment. I think you can do it. I think you can leverage the experience that you've just had in your job or jobs and stay in this industry and get another gig somewhere else that is equal but different from where you've been. I actually think you can. I don't know if you want to, but I think you can. But again, coming back to this larger question around conflict, like how do you have conflict and stay in a relationship? It's in part... The easiest way for me to say this is not personalizing other people's behavior. But what I'm really trying to communicate is if I say to you, choose the healthiest path, stay with your feelings to a certain extent, you're like, oh, that's great advice, Jessica. And to another extent, you're like, oh, that's Jessica being Jessica. Like big surprise. Jessica wants me to heal. Jessica wants me to stay with my emotions. Right. Like realistically, (laughs) you you know, you consider the source. Right. And Mm -hmm. I use myself as an example because easy. Right. But the same thing is true with people that you have conflict with. A lot of times when people show their ass, it's because that's their fucking ass. It's a very American way of putting it. Bear with me. But I'm with it. Okay, good. Okay, good. So it's not because of you. It's because of them. And now what are you going to do about it? And in some situations, like with friends that you've had conflict with recently, it may be, I need to say to this person, ouch, that hurt my feelings. That didn't feel cool to me. And I, you know, I love you. I like you. I want to be your friend. And also, ouch. So I think I've I've really forcibly been practicing that. But I tell people these things and then they get real mad at me. Of course like, they do. Whoa, big rage mad. And, yes. really, and then mean and then attacking me. And I'm yes. like, ow, my tender heart. Why? Okay. So. Having boundaries doesn't mean people respect them. Having boundaries means people show you who they are when you have boundaries. Mm. And people who don't have boundaries or people who have had long relationships with you where you've never had boundaries are always going to respond poorly to boundaries. Mm. Having boundaries doesn't mean people respect your boundaries. Having boundaries means you respect your boundaries. Yeah. There is a difference. So when a friend is like big mad, gets mean, if that's their first level response and then they double down on it, well, then you know who they are. Then you know what, how far you can take this relationship. And maybe that means they're fired. Maybe that means they're demoted from the like tier of friendship that they held. Right. Mm, And when you fire a friend, sometimes you need to say to them, we are through. This is done goodbye Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just need to like gently and nicely kind of like push them gently like you know down a slide to the next tier not shove them down the stairs to the next tier that is for you to decide right but when it comes to boundaries and i think this is one of the hardest parts of boundaries when it comes to boundaries we have to maintain our own boundaries we alone are responsible for our boundaries and within that we often will need to make assessments of if I'm going to maintain my own boundaries, I can't have this person in my life in an intimate way. Because if this person was in my life in an intimate way, I would be constantly in conflict over baseline foundational differences of opinion about what is appropriate to do to a friend. Because of the transits you're in and because you've not had boundaries before, if I may be so bold as to say, 
Um, <laughs> I'm, not gonna argue, I'm not gonna argue. No. I'm not gonna why, argue. Why would you? I mean, come on, come on. Um, <sighs> yeah. So because of these things, yeah, you're yeah. gonna have a hard time with boundaries during this period for fucking sure. And that doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. I think there is this energy where when I allow myself to be myself and I'm confident, especially at work, mm-hmm. I often end up in this dynamic where I think people think I think I'm better than them. Okay. Two things. Let me jump in on that. You have a Sun-Jupiter conjunction. You do sometimes think you're better than them. <laughs> Am I wrong? Are we wrong? Is this a lie? I guess not. Uh-huh. So <laughs> you, one can have, and you know, I wouldn't really understand this if I wasn't an astrologer. That's right. It's true. We can laugh at it. Is that you can be dealing with debilitating insecurity and think you're better than people at the same time. Sorry. That makes that makes me messy. Yeah. Huh? It, it makes everyone messy, honey. Every single one of us is messy. And you do struggle with debilitating insecurity. You struggle with awkwardness, which you hate. You struggle with boundaries. And also you think you're better than a lot of people and smarter than a lot of people a lot of the time. You think your way is the best way a lot of the time. They're both (laughs) true because they're existing at the same time. Mm -hmm. What happens is the insecurity can come off as defensive or Mm -hmm. the confidence can come off as defensive. And how Mm -hmm. do you react to defensive people? You think, what the fuck is wrong with them? Why are they fighting me? Why do they think they're better than me? Whatever it is. The key is to cultivate a sense of self-awareness and self-acceptance about how you do think your your way is the best way and that you're smarter than people a lot. And if you kind of have a little more self-acceptance around that and a little more self-awareness about that, then you don't need to mm. always like say it with your chest because mm. at work, that's going to get conflicts regardless of the milieu, regardless of the content, especially if you're not like a cis white man, it's just going to get conflict, right? Mm. And so being able to own how you feel and what you perceive and at the same time, not need to like show it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like stuff struggles to come out and then it comes out wrong or I shut down and disappear. And it, like it comes out awkward. in a rush. Yeah, it comes yeah, out yeah. in a rush because you're so busy trying mm. to hold it back. Again, you are 33 years old. You are very young. I know it feels like you're very old, but you're very young. Your adult yeah. life has not even been 14 years. And you're very much an adult human. And also, it's okay that it's not just okay. It's appropriate that you're at this place where you're like, huh, I have all these parts. Shit. How do I, how do I synthesize? How do I, how do I figure out how to navigate this? Because other people see your power. Other people see your confidence, even if you don't see it. Mm -hmm. And so part of what I think navigating the world is, is figuring out like, oh shit, this is how people perceive me. Even if it's not your identity, because then you can leverage it. Mm. it just takes a level of acceptance so a lot of what we're talking about is acceptance if you're gonna have boundaries you have to accept that other people are gonna be like those boundaries are mean those boundaries (laughs) are trampling upon my boundaries and your job is to listen and to be like okay this person is saying the opposite of what is true shit i can't trust this person or listen and be like this person is full of shit except for they're right about this one thing and Mm. i can own that and it doesn't mean i can trust this person 
You know, things are allowed to be messy. I wish that things Virgo moon, you have a fucking Virgo moon. So you want there to be a truth and you want that truth to be perfect and pure and clean. It's no, that's not life, unfortunately. And (laughs) when you ask me this question about like, well, what am I supposed to do? Mm. I can tell you this isn't the time to like figure out what to do with your life in that particular way, because you're going through a Neptune transit, which, by the way, it started you were going through it May through August of 2022. And then it kicks back on March 13th of 23, and you're in it until May 30th of 2025. Okay. (sighs) Yeah. So I want you to go back and look at what was going on May through August of last year. Uh And I want to say that this is not a good time to change the course of your life because you're not clear. It's teaching you boundaries. A great way to learn boundaries is by being unclear and being like floopy, right? And so- What I want to like ground you into is Mm -hmm. if right now what you want is to continue to do the work you've been doing, which it kind of looks like it is for now. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, I just don't feel very good at it. And I think this ADHD thing, I'm a space Mm -hmm. cadet with time. I'm, do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Uh There's lots of, yeah, there's lots of ways I'm not like, I'm not an efficient like roadrunner. Mm. in this way and Mm -hmm. if you're not an efficient roadrunner and you have lots of big thoughts about the world and you want to change things a lot of people are just like you're holding things up you're getting on my nerves go away Mm. what do you mean you want extra time what do you mean you have like time processing issues Mm. get out so okay now obviously you have a diagnosis i am sure that there is like a huge amount of protocols for supporting you around time management but are there not no. Oh, that's ridiculous. So I'm going to give mm. you a couple pieces of advice around this. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, Sun Jupiter conjunction, not good at time. It'll be fine. I'll, I'll, it'll only take me five minutes to do this. And then you're like an <sighs> hour later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That uh-huh. is a problem of optimism. So okay. when it comes to projects in general, if you think mm. it's going to take five minutes, schedule 25 as a minimum. That's the rule. And I'll tell you, I've given this advice to countless Geminis in my career okay (laughs) countless gemini's not even gemini's with a sun jupiter conjunction like just because your mind is moving at a million miles an hour so you think of course everything else will no that's not that's not the same so Mm -hmm. if you think it's going to take five minutes you add 20 minutes if you Mm -hmm. think a project is going to take three months assume it'll take five it is better to come in early than to come in late you know so that's one thing the other thing is if you're going to be scheduling I would, first of all, make up a fake name for it. You don't want to schedule. So instead, like uh, time snapping, uh, you're welcome to use time snap. Come up with a time snap that um, Mm -hmm. is visual, color coded and visual. Mm -hmm. You do well with like a big ass board that like everything that's (laughs) pink is okay so you've done this before okay i was i've literally been like googling like stick on whiteboard so i yes. can like put it yes. all on the wall yeah, so yeah. either so there's a lot of ways you could do this you could get uh, chalkboard paint that's clear and yeah. then you could use d- different color chalk it's not great for your you've asthma so it's not great for your lungs so don't do that mm-hmm. you can use a million uh different colored post-it notes not great for the environment but works really well then you know mm-hmm. you're storyboarding a thing or you can get a dry erase board all of these things work great and it's just committing that when you use a blue pen or a blue sticky note or whatever it is blue always means 
it's a rush. When it's a yellow, it's I have to like innovate. I have to create ideas. When it's like administrative, it's always pink or whatever. You know, that mm -hmm. color coding really works. It helps you to organize your thoughts because you're not always going to your analytic processor. You're going to your uh, sense impression processor, which is <laughs> easier access for you, right? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. I would recommend doing those two things. And I want to okay. say that within this, your chart is a chart of someone who runs late. Your chart is a chart. You're a little weirdly magical about time. There'll be more time. Of course, there'll be more time. But also... Mm -hmm. You do get shit done. You get shit done well. I think that there are things that you can do to better support yourself around how your brain works and how you relate to time. And mm -hmm. I also think, yeah, some people show up for every appointment early. Some people show up for every appointment on time. Some people show up for every appointment late. And then there's people who are like all over the map. Yeah, you're all over the map, right? You're not always late or always early. You're kind of all over the map. Erring on the map that is always late. <laughs> okay, okay. Every job. My will... Oh no, <laughs> she's just looking exasperated. Okay, she so you're always late. Who is always late? Always late. Okay, okay. Good to know. Good to know. I think you're you're late when you're comfortable enough to be late. The way that the the nurse who like did my dyslexia diagnosis described it, she was like, "There is one part of your brain that works very quickly." Mm -hmm. And the other part that is like running to catch up mm -hmm. and it's just like, what is going on? Chicken little kind yeah. of vibes. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, again, you've got mercury in Taurus, which is a slow processor. It's a plodding mm -hmm. processor. I, again, I'm not going to promise you like you can become someone who's easy with time and time management, but you can certainly improve upon it if it's important to you for whatever path you take with work. I mm. will say navigating conflict and boundaries is your work now. Yeah, and so getting a job that you feel good about doing is, of course, very important, partially because you have to keep on buying cute jumpers uh, and partially because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it would be great to continue to make an impact in the way you do. I will say that Pluto is forming a trine to your Mercury, which is fucking mm. glorious. It's a great transit. It's great for working in media. It's great for communications. It's a very supportive transit that is happening at the same time as these challenging transits. Also, Neptune is trining your Mars. So you have support. I actually think that if you stay with this work, you will continue to have terrible experiences with people that make you feel like, oh my God, I can't have boundaries because here are all the consequences. But if you stick with the work and not take people showing their ass to you, as a sign that there's something wrong with you, but mm -hmm. instead a sign that, oh, this is who this person is. I'm just seeing them clearly now that it will help. But hold on, turning to Tarot. I am being shown two things. Mm -hmm. You will continue to be incredibly stressed out and anxious about this. And it looks like you will get and be able to maintain a job that is true enough to you and that pays the bills. Okay. From my mouth to God's ears, I'm knocking on wood. Uh, but, <laughs> but that is what I'm seeing. Okay. Um, but again, I don't see your anxiety going away about it. I don't know if that's in part just because the industry you work in kind of puts you in hustle mode because you're a contractor. But how you feel and what is happening Ooh. are not always the same thing. And right now, unfortunately, how you feel and what's happening are really kind of in the same bucket. Mm. But I think that that's going to shift again. Okay. 
knocked on wood. Now, do you have any kind of final question? <sighs> so many. I guess um, talk about writing. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was very curious about how you see that in my chart. You have this Mercury in Taurus. It's at the anoretic degree. It is square to your north node, also in an anoretic degree. It is trying to your moon. You are excellent at processing with words. You are a really great, if not slow, writer. You write with your values, which I have a total boner for. Like, I'm a big fan of that. Um, You have a lot to say. And because this Mercury is in your sixth house, um, you could have a job saying it. I mean, there is a way in which you're already doing that. I mean, you're not writing in a like traditional sense, but you are framing what to say and how to say it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that could shift to more writing. You have a lot to say. And when you find your words and you say it, you speak it, you write it. It's always incredibly powerful. Let your girlfriend say that's not true. (laughs) She's she's in the back with her bonnet nodding. Like, yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. I just I'm just very um, my words get stuck. Mm which I guess you articulated with the Mercury yep. Taurus thing. Yeah. Yep. It's, they, they're slow to come. Yeah. Taurus is fucking plotting, you know? And <laughs> okay. People hear this and, and there's such a negative connotation, but like, you know, astrology is related to nature. Taurus is, is mm. a cow. It's like, not like a cow. I know it's a fucking insult in, in the UK, but it's like, <laughs> it's, if you actually look at the animal, they are slow moving, tender, community, communal, animals yeah. slow doesn't mean not bright i fucking hate that people associate slow with not bright slow mm-hmm. is just a pace of processing you are fixed earth you know fixed earth grows you know that means you grow something slow i mean my my backyard i don't know if you're a gardener at all it's like my the dirt back here is clay you know mm-hmm. so things take a minute to come through but that doesn't mean that the growth isn't beautiful. It doesn't mean that I don't have, you know, yield. It just sometimes mm-hmm. takes a minute to come through that the kind of density of that earth. And mm-hmm. I think in this fucking world we live in where it's like constant, constant, constant content, if your processing style is slow, people are like, keep up. What are you doing? Keep up. What are you doing? Which I think is fucking terrible for everyone's mental health, everyone's mental health. Um, even people like me who are like constantly fast, you know, in the way that I think mm-hmm. the key for you is to give yourself permission to be who you are and how you are as the foundation for trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah. Don't try to work around who you are. And if you want to write, I do encourage you to write, but it's really about what you feel more comfortable with. But it doesn't have to happen this year because, again, Neptune. Mm-hmm. It's about exploring things instead of seeking the answer. Neptune doesn't yeah. give us a fixed point answer, but it does give us a lot of creative and spiritual energy with which to explore. Thank you. It is my pleasure. And it is such a joy to get yes. to do this reading for you. Yeah, um, I'm enjoyed. So grateful. And yeah, a bit. Me and my me and my me and my son Jupiter conjunction are speechless. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a, an exciting thing, actually. That's um, a compliment. We yeah. are humble. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that.
Do, 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 do. I'm not very good at making announcement sounds with my mouth, but forgive me because I do have an announcement and it is relevant to everyone who enjoys Ghost of a Podcast Weekly because we're making a change to the pod. And it's this instead of getting one episode weekly, as of February 22nd, you are going to get two episodes of Ghost of a Podcast published weekly. So here's what we're doing. But before I tell you all the details, just make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, because that way you don't have to think about this. You will get an alert every time a new episode drops. But here's the deal. On Wednesday, the 22nd of February, 2023, we are going to be dropping a reading. And every Wednesday after that, we're going to be dropping uh, the same reading that you hear at the start of the podcast on Wednesdays. And then on Sunday, same time, same place, you get your same horoscope. So if you're somebody who likes to listen to the whole episode together, no problem. Don't listen on Wednesday. Listen to them back to back on Sunday. And if you are like me and you're constantly struggling for time, you can now listen to each section on their own whenever is convenient for you. I'm hoping that you enjoy this change. And I trust that you will let me know if you do or don't. So stay tuned. Everything's going to stay the same, except starting on the 22nd, every Wednesday, you're going to get a reading. And every Sunday, you're going to get a horoscope. And it's going to be divine. Trust me. Or don't and disagree with me. I'm down for respectful and spirited disagreements. Okay. So before we get into your horoscope, which has a lot going on, I want to take a moment to acknowledge this thing You've probably not heard of it. Very obscure topic. It's COVID-19. A little airborne pandemic. Okay, so here in the U.S., there is an average of around, give or take, 500 human deaths per day, just in the U.S. from COVID. That is approximately 3,680 people per week. And approximately 14,728 human lives lost per per month in the U.S. alone. And that says absolutely nothing of long COVID, which has made millions of people immune compromised and brought about the host of health issues, which we don't fully understand and have not fully played themselves out. We want to keep in mind that COVID is a novel virus. That means it is new. We have not dealt with it before. And so we do not know the long-term implications of getting a single infection, let alone multiple infections. And I just want to remind you of this as uh, governments seem to be losing their damn minds and throwing away precautions. And society seems to be moving along with them. But The burden of remaining masked to protect others should not fall on the immune compromised. It should not fall on the most medically vulnerable amongst us. It it just it shouldn't. And whether you consider yourself liberal or progressive or spiritual or humanistic, it is hard to really be any of those things and not put your actions behind it. Right. You may be the only one doing it. I know it's hard to be the only one out. I know how frustrating it feels to be in public spaces with just loads of people who are not masked and you are. And it's still the right thing to do, even if everyone else is not doing it. And if you're anything like me, you can find a way to make it cute. And that makes it a little easier to bear. Personally, me, (laughs) it's just, you know, it's just me. 
I'm a fan of of a lanyard, you know, a little thing that I can attach to my mask so I can take it off and on with ease and I don't have to track where I put it. Uh, And my lanyards are neon. I'm a fan of neons. So I like to make it cute with a neon lanyard that may or may not match my glasses and my shoes. And, you know, I just pair it with a simple black KF94. And I find that to be, you know, just part of my aesthetic now. That approach might work for you. You know, you do you. But I want to encourage you to remember that as we each do our own individual thing in life, when it comes to something like an airborne pandemic, we can't separate our individual choices from the collective. We cannot separate our individual wellness from the wellness of others. We cannot trust corporations or governments or positive thinking to save us. It is our actions that save us. We save us. So I want to invite you to put that mask back on, shift up your approach, maybe your attitude. Don't worry about what other people are doing. I know it's exhausting. I know it's annoying, but mask up. Okay. (laughs) Now that you've uh, endured that public service announcement, uh, let's get astrological. We are looking at the week of February 5th through the 11th of 2023, and we start off strong with a full moon in Leo at 1029 a.m. Pacific time, and we have the sun at 16 degrees and 40 minutes of Aquarius and the moon exactly opposite that at 16 degrees and 40 minutes of Leo. A full moon in Leo is just going to be a little extra, right? We know a moon in Leo is just a time for dramatic emotions to come to the surface. But let's let's look underneath the hood of that, right? Why does Leo equal dramatic? It's because Leo is a fire sign, right? So things rush. Just think about the, the function of fire when you light a match or you burn something down, right? It's It can be engulfing and consuming, but it's also fixed energy. And so it's a stubborn fire, a fire that will not comply to any amount of water, fire extinguisher, or earth, you know, trying to put it out. So this is why we say Leo can be so dramatic, because it is powerful and self-directed, pretty fixed in its function, which can be engulfing, which can be overpowering, or just straight up powerful. So When we are dealing with a full moon in Leo, we are often dealing with powerful and compelling emotions, either from ourselves or others, you know, in situations, in the world, in our personal life, what have you. Now, you already know this probably, but full moons bring our emotions to the surface, right? They bring them up and so that the sun, aka identity, your will, what you kind of tend to lead with, what most of us tend to lead with, is in opposition to our feelings, our needs, our wants, our desires, the moon. This can bring up a lot of drama. And as we know, it it often does. And that drama can be like, you know, an emotional crisis about not having a parking space in front of the place that you live, right? Like it can be something really, uh, you know, it, it's a big deal. It affects your day, but it's not that big a deal. Or it can be something that is transformational within your life. In order to kind of try to predict what camp this full moon is going to fall in for you. Again, you want to see if you have anything that will get directly aspected by the zodiac sign of Aquarius or Leo. Of course, the full moon is Leo at around 17 degrees or 16 degrees and 40 minutes or 41 minutes. Okay. So, but the big news here is not just that 
this is a full moon in Leo. It's that the sun and moon both form a square to Uranus. And so there's an aspect pattern called a T-square. You've probably heard me talk about it before on the pod. A T-square is when you have two or more planets that are sitting opposite each other, and they all form a 90-degree angle, aka a square, to a third planet. In this case, we've got uh, Uranus at 15 degrees of Taurus forming a T-square to this full moon. And that is the headline news, my friends. That is the headline news. And it is so important because it radically changes what we can expect from this full moon. Now, I got to say, as a hot aside, I get so many questions um, from you, my beloved listeners, who want to know something about your lives, right? You want a personal reading. And this is what your questions say. They say in a million different ways, but they say, I'm in a burning building. What can I do? What can I take? What does my chart say? Fill in the blanks there so that I don't get too hot. To that, I say, if you know you're unhappy and you know you're unhappy because of the things that you are doing routinely, like being in a relationship, you know, having a job, uh, having a state of mind or whatever habits, the thing that will change how you feel is what you do. There is no magic bullet. There's no perfect insight from astrology that will change the consequences of your choices. The cool thing about this full moon and its T-square to Uranus is that it is all about changing your choices, changing what you do, having a shift in attitude, because sometimes that's what's needed, or a shift in conduct, shift in behavior. Now, This whole T-square is fixed energy. So this isn't going to come easy, right? We may really feel challenged in this full moon. But the placement of Uranus tells us that we are being challenged to expand our perspective and try something new, to shift our attitude, our behavior, our narrative, and to not be so concerned about what other people are saying or doing or thinking or projecting onto you or whatever else, basically to go the way of Uranus, which is the way of eccentricity and individuation. Uranus is electrical energy, which means that it often disrupts our nervous systems. And even more simply put, it can make you feel fucking anxious or distracted or kind of all over the place. And that can be actually a good thing or a bad thing. You know, it doesn't have to doesn't have to be either, but it can be something that is stressful for your mental health, especially because emotions are running high because it's a full moon. Or it could actually be exactly what you need to be like, fuck this. I'm just going to make a change. Or this isn't worth it. I am going to shift my perspective, whatever it is. Because you can't always change a situation, right? Sometimes the things that are upsetting to you are out of your control, but you can change your perspective. You can change your narrative. You can locate your own agency and free will to orient yourself in such a way that you can see what you're getting out of the compromises you're making in the short term. So it's easier for you to tolerate them as you move towards something better in the long term. Right? Right. Okay. So the function of this new moon is likely to bring about surprises, the unexpected, potentially accidents, things that are explosive and upsetting. Now, that could be stimulating and exciting and dynamic and thrilling and bring about innovation and a shift again in perspective. Or it can just be like, holy shit, everything's being burnt to the ground. What do I do? 
and everything in between. But Uranus is not a planet with a whole lot of chill. It's like, let's get this done. You know, Uranus governs the internet. Uranus governs electricity. Uranus is all about quick connections, bright ideas. And so be open-minded. If somebody says something and you find yourself instantly defensive about it, there's something valuable there. And that value, I mean, depends on what the thing was, <laughs> you know, and, and who you are, yada, yada. But the value is worth exploring because there's something to learn. And that's something that Uranus brings us is the opportunity to learn. Now, you may want to make a major change, and this might be the perfect time to do that. However, whenever it comes to Uranus, I like to apply the 72-hour rule. You know, if you on this full moon are like, I'm going to break up with them. I'm going to leave the job. I'm going to whatever, you know, dye my hair green. Cool. Sit with it for 72 hours. Not so that you lose the energy. So I'm not saying sit with it for three weeks. I'm saying just make sure that you're not just reacting to Uranus. You want to be, yes, sure, reacting to the uh, stimulation of Uranus. But you also want to be enacting clarity of purpose, clarity of intention. You want to make sure that you're not acting at cross purposes of your emotional needs. Because again, it's a damn full moon. This full moon, honestly, I think has a lot of dynamic and exciting energy about it. And also, it's going to be really rough on a lot of people's nervous system. So put shit in place. If you're, you know, uh, a herbie witch, then get your nervines in order, you know, sniff your lavender pouch, do what you need to do. If you are somebody who tends to over schedule yourself, or you just have a really busy life, expect curveballs, you know, and when the curveballs come, be like, oh, wow, astrology works. That's cool. And try not to take it too personally. And try not to panic too much. Because again, Uranus governs our, our nervous system. And on full moons, all of our emotions come to the surface. And so often we will emotionally react disproportionate to a situation because it's like all the feelings you've been repressing all month long. So do your best to be like, okay, I knew this was coming. Astrology. Thank you. And try to kind of like pace yourself through your reaction so that you can respond with greater intention. Now, there's a couple other things that are important for me to name within this full moon chart. Uh, Jupiter and Chiron are sitting very close to each other in Aries. So we have this theme of body autonomy and embodiment that is running through the world right now. And so we can expect, unfortunately, further attacks on body autonomy. So we want to pay attention to the news. We want to pay attention to the world and do our best to be empathetic and proactive community members. When it comes to your own wellness, you may be dealing with really intense issues related to your relationship to being in a body, to being here now. And honestly, it's a great time for coping with it. It's a great time for coming into realizations about it. So if that resonates with you, this transit, you know, these Aries planets are probably hitting something in your chart. And Jupiter really helps us to move through things, to have the largesse of spirit or perspective that we can make progress, which is great news for Chiron. Now, this transit can go in a very different direction as well. However, let's focus on the positive for this one, this one little guy here, okay? Now, something else for me to name is that Mars is sitting trine to Uranus and sextile to the moon. This further empowers us to be brave right? Which is great. 
Unfortunately, it also further compels us to be impulsive, right? And it can kind of bolster that fixed energy uh, confidence. So again, you just want to make sure you're breathing. You want to make sure you're pacing yourself. And if you, you know, rush headlong into something and, you know, put your foot in your mouth or do something that maybe was not the best thing, there's always this little thing I like to call humility, You can own what you've done. Saying sorry is cool when you've done something wrong. But what's even better is being like, I take ownership of what I did and the consequences that it created. Uh, here's, Here's what I can do next. Here's what I can try to do next. It's a little shift, but it is a really powerful one. And for better or worse, we have Mercury and Pluto sitting close to each other. They're not yet conjunct. That happens later in the week. But that full moon is going to activate that transit uh, a lot more intensely. Now, the Mercury-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn tends to have us fixate on our pain points. It can have us uh, say things harsher, more intensely than we might otherwise. It can shift our thinking to a paranoid, resentful, or defensive perspective. So again, you want to pay attention to that. And I'm going to say more about that transit in a moment, but but I will say something very positive about it. This transit happening with this lunation is actually potentially good news because what it does is it empowers us as individuals to go deeper in our thinking, to not skip over the uncomfortable parts, to not gloss over the need for change and pretend it isn't there. That Pluto-Mercury conjunction empowers us to think deeply on a thing, get to the heart of a matter, have a conversation, even if it's challenging, to go deep, basically. So don't be scared of the truth. The truth is true, whether you like it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not. So you might as well deal with it because it's going to wait for you one way or another in some nook or cranny of your psyche or your life. You know, you know. Okay. So last thing I'm going to say about this full moon is I know a lot of people are full moon witchy-woo and love to do manifestation work. Manifesting on a full moon, not the greatest idea. We want to release on a full moon and call in on a new moon. So that's first of all. Second of all, the seeds that we plant during this full moon are likely to perform oddly. You know, Uranus is unexpected. It's surprises. It's shit coming in from left field. So I don't encourage doing any kind of spiritual work that is geared towards cultivating security or stability, any kind of security, any kind of stability, because Uranus will fight you on that. In a fight between you and Uranus, I think you're going to lose. So if you want to work with the energy, this is a great time for releasing the blocks, conscious or unconscious, that are in your way. This is a good time for unburdening yourself of the habits on whatever level that have kept you from being free within yourself. Those are the things that Uranus wants for us. But not a good time for generating any kind of security or stability. So save that for a different lunation, okay? And if you're like, uh, that's really annoying. That's what I want to do. Okay, do it. You don't have to do it with the moons. It's not necessary. It's cool. It can be really, you know, great to have that as as a a structure that you work with. But not all lunations are good for that. And if there's something that you're really clear that you're trying to call into your life that is security oriented or stability oriented, uh, great. Do it any other day. Not any other day, but don't do it today. Okay. 
Just, just trust me on this. Don't do it today. Okay. So that's the full moon. Really good for changing, evolving. I love it. On the 6th, we have a Mercury sextile to Neptune that will be exact. This is a fantastic transit because it stimulates our ability to make connections with empathy and creativity. Delightful, right? If you're a writer or any kind of a creative artsy type, beautiful, beautiful transit for you. If you are just somebody who's been like, oh my God, this is too much. My nervous system is taking too much of a hit. This transit will help you take a nap. It'll help you relax. If you can get your body into a little bit of nature, if you can put yourself in some water, that's chef's kiss. That's the best case scenario here. Mercury sextile to Neptune is a great time for saying I'm sorry if you got to say it, for really listening to other people. It's a great transit for learning, but not just learning with your noggin, you know, learning with your heart. It's a lovely transit great for spiritual connection. Now on the seventh, we have another lovely sextile. It's a Venus sextile to Uranus. This transit is great for relationships. It's great for making connections and those connections being both stabilizing, but also validating of your individuality. So this transit is great for creative connections. And those creative connections can occur romantically, platonically, uh, creatively, you know, in terms of collaborations, and also in relationship to your looks, you know, your gender, your, your sense of cuteness. And I just have to say, as a hot aside, like if you're somebody who's on social media a lot, it is so important that you diversify what you see. So it's not just people who look like whatever corporations are selling us right now. And it's not just people who look like you, but it's, you know, it's it's diverse because one of the things that Venus teaches us is how much we impression aesthetically on others. So when I talk about the way people look, I'm not just talking about their bodies. I'm talking about the way they talk and their values. It's important to have an expanded sense of what it means to be a person and a person in a body. And if you're like, oh, shit, that's a good idea. I haven't done that. This is the week. And I guess the last thing I'll say about this is if you have a meet cute on or around the 7th, really lean into it, you know, really lean into it because the Venus XL to Uranus can absolutely um, just find you having a very cute flirtation, platonic, romantic, whatever with somebody. So I don't know. That's nice, right? Who, who doesn't want that? So unless you got so too comfortable thinking it was all good news all week long, I got I got a, a little kick in the gooch for you, and it comes on the 10th where Mercury and Pluto meet exactly. So the conjunction that I mentioned between Mercury and Pluto is happening at 29 degrees of Cap. To be specific, it's at 28 degrees and 58 minutes of Capricorn. So we're nice anoretic degree stuff over here, okay? This is a transit that will intensify your thinking and your communications. So... That can look like dealing with people who are in a really intense frame of mind. Uh, this transit can have people behaving really d in a demanding way, uh, in an exacting way, especially people who have power over you. We're talking bosses, landlords, general jerks, right? Uh, parents, I suppose, depending on your age, of course. So here's the thing. This transit is intense. It is very intense. And because we're talking about this anoretic degree of cap, what we're dealing with is the need for us to do something. 
right? There's the pragmatic nature of Capricorn. And to remember that Capricorn is a conservationist. So how do you need to conserve your energy? How do you need to conserve your thinking, uh, your words even? The function of Pluto on top of Mercury can bring about conflict uh, in friendships. Conflict being Pluto, friendships being Mercury, right? It can make us feel like we can't hold back anymore. We just barf out our resentments. Or again, this can happen at you or around you. Do not talk shit. Do not gossip. I know it makes you feel better about yourself. I know it's fun. This is a terrible fucking time to do it. It is likely to bite you in the buns. And do you, do your buns need that? Do they need that? I don't think so. It's also mean-spirited, right? So, I mean, whatever. Nobody's perfect. We all do it. Fine. Slash also, this is not the day to be mean-spirited or petty. Not just because it's a conjunction, so it's the start of a cycle, but also because it's likely to come back at you, right? There will be real-world consequences one way or another. You may be talking shit to a new friend, and it might seem like it's fun. Meanwhile, this new friend is thinking, oh, wow, I can't trust this person because they're going to talk shit about me. And maybe you don't want that person to feel that way. Not so you can trick them, but because... That's not really your intention, right? Okay, there's more. Mercury conjunction to Pluto uh, is a great time for research, for getting to the bottom of things, which is why it's a great time for therapy, any kind of therapy that involves us like digging deep within our inner psyches, right? This is a fantastic time for getting to the truth, getting to the depth of a thing. And that means it can be confronting. It can be activating. And if you are activated, you can make the very easy and safe assumptions that something has triggered you. That is not just about the situation. It is an old trigger. It's something that is within you. And so it's worth investigating. If you have a fight with someone, fight fair. That means no personal attacks, name calling, any of that kind of shit. Watch your tone. If you have something to say, if you really need it to be heard, make an effort to say it in a way that is humane, that is fair, so that you're saying the truth of what needs to be said, but you're not punishing them as you do it because that means they're not going to listen. This is the thing about Mercury. It is not just about what we say. It is about how we listen. And it is not just about how we say what we say, right? It's about our motivations underlying it. And this is, you know, uh, hot off the presses, a humanistic astrology take on Mercury. We're dealing this week with this full moon, with the Uranus focal planet, messing with our nervous systems. And then this Mercury-Pluto conjunction is not going to make that any easier. So again, I want to say if you're somebody who tends to have, you know, like a highly strong nervous system, if you're somebody who's just been having a rough time um, with your mental health in that way, put things in place to support you. Make an effort to do your grounding exercises. Take care of yourself is basically what I'm trying to say. Use the resources you have. And if you don't have resources, do the research to get resources because Mercury conjunction to Pluto uh, makes that viable. You know, it it gives us the energy to do that. Now, one last thing I'll say about this particular transit. Um, This is not the time to do something really dishonest. It's not a time to start shit unless you really want to finish the shit because everyone is activated by this transit. And so everyone's in a mood. Pick your battles wisely. Now, we are likely to see bullshit in the world. We are likely to see uh, people with power abusing power. 
you may feel called to advocate for a cause or take a position on something. We may need to just really pay attention to the news and what is happening in the world. But this is not a time to tune out and disassociate from what's happening in the world, unless, of course, things are extreme in your world, in which case do what is right for you. But we know, we know it is not the evildoers that create evil in the world on their own. It's good people. It is decent people. It is humane people staying out of terrible things. That's what enables evil to be perpetrated. So we got to, you know, we got to motivate. We are in our uh, anoretic degree of Pluto in Capricorn. We must do things, right? And that often requires in-person representation, people coming together. I mean, can be online, but in-person, online representation, people coming together, uh, making some damn noise. So as always, I'm encouraging you to stay engaged and to be a part of things, to be a part of the solutions if you can. Now, I know a lot of people like to party and do drugs. And I will say to you what I always say, which is when we're going through major transits like Mercury conjunction to Pluto, it is not a great time to be fucking with recreational drugs. And when I say recreational drugs, I am including drugs for uh, spiritual development. So I'm not talking about prescribed medications. I am talking about facilitators, basically. And so this is not a great time for doing that. I don't recommend it, but you will do what you do because free will. Can we all take a moment to acknowledge and embrace our free will? Okay, so that brings us to the 11th. And on the 11th, we have not one, but two things happening. The first is Mercury ingressing into Aquarius, uh, which honestly, very exciting. Mercury in Aquarius is great for making connections, uh, for ideas sparking. But even more, the thing that's so exciting about this is that Mercury was retrograde and then it was retro shady and now it's in fucking Aquarius. And that means we are out of the muck and into 2023. We're just Mercury of the future is now Mercury of the present. Was that dramatic? Maybe, but that's what you got. Okay. The other thing that's happening on the 11th is Mars forms an exact sextile to Chiron. This is a really lovely transit, which, you know, not without qualification, but it is a lovely transit. Let me tell you why. Mars is all about embodiment, right? It's about our passions, our ambitions. Yes, anger, frustration, but also a lot of amazing things. And Eco energy, to me, it's not a negative or a positive. It's something that is part of being a human, and we need to have in balance for best possible results. Now, Chiron is wounding, right? So this is the tricky thing. Whenever we're dealing with Chiron, kind of similar to Pluto, there's going to be kind of like a part of what we're dealing with that is not super easy. The Mars sextile to Chiron can empower us to feel more capable and able to deal with old pains. And again, whenever we're dealing with Chiron, we're not just dealing with like the pain of life, which honestly is enough, but it's about the pains that we have from early developmental experiences about being here, about how we got here, about whether or not, you know, we feel safe in our bodies, in the world, and how we kind of identify and orient that safety. And so with this Mars sextile to Chiron, it can empower us to engage with those things, which TBH may already be up because of the, the full moon and the Mercury-Pluto conjunction this week. But 
There is a way because of the sextile that we can kind of、uh, engage with these themes in a full-bodied way that is healthy. That、uh, we find our own agency in it, and we are able to make choices and to feel a sense of like purpose essentially within it, or a passion、uh, and and motive for getting engaged in our healing, which sometimes means. Sitting in discomfort, sitting in pain. When we recoil from pain, we never get to know what it's about. And listen, everybody recoils from pain. That's just a human thing to do. But it's an important thing to work on because if you can intensify your willingness and capacity to stay present with all of your emotions, then your capacity to cope with them and to move through them in whatever way is needed in the moment. Uh, is also stronger, and that's really important for aging gracefully, for having a sense of peace in your life, and for making good choices. So, while this transit may be a little uncomfortable, seek opportunities for assertion, for empowerment, for staying present in your body with old wounds that are uncomfortable and painful and scary to sit with. And it's possible, you know, you're not going to really feel this transit. It's not going to do too much to you, but it may be affecting the people around you. And so, you know, you may end up just having more deep conversations or、uh, going a little deeper in your relationships, and that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's not what everyone's looking for all the time, but I think it's pretty cool. Now, my friends, my beloved lovers of astrology. That's your damn horoscope. I'm gonna run through the transits one more time for you,、uh, in case you're taking notes. On the fifth, we have a full moon in Leo that is exact at 10:29 a.m. On the sixth, we have an exact sextile between Mercury and Neptune, and on the seventh, we have an exact sextile between Venus and Uranus. The tenth gives us an intense. Mercury conjunction to Pluto in its exactitude, and on the eleventh, Mercury ingresses into Aquarius, and Mars forms a sextile to Chiron. I hope you use this horoscope to empower you to live in the best ways you know how. And if you get value from the show, again, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And positive reviews are always cherished, like deeply cherished. Take good care of yourself and others this week. And I will talk to you next week. Bye bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.